Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Sanya Khan, the CEO at Utrust. Utrust is the leading crypto payment platform, making it easy for customers to buy online with cryptocurrencies while allowing merchants to enjoy all the benefits of cryptocurrency payments. Sanya is a digital executive, entrepreneur, investor, and advisor with extensive experience in delivering sustainable revenue growth in multinationals and startups within the e-commerce and fintech industry. She is here today to share her story and the learns along the way. Welcome, Sanya. It is great to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So to kick things off, tell us about your role at Utrust and what it entails. Yeah, so I'm the CEO at Utrust, uh, and Utrust is a payment ecosystem that basically allows anyone to pay with cryptocurrencies and anyone to receive crypto as a payment method. And then they can either settle in crypto or fiat, which means like GBP, USD, you're like normal money, what we would call them. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I oversee all the company departments. So from product to sales, marketing, ops, making sure that everyone is driving towards our company goals, uh, making sure those are met and making sure, you know, the team has the right tools to manage the company and to achieve everything that we need to achieve. And I think, you know, people might think that the role of a CEO in a company is very glamorous and like you only do certain things but it's really you know day to day you might be involved in you know doing your own slides or like talking to an event talking to customers or solving things so it's really diverse it's really fun mm. uh, no day is like the other one mm. so I think you know it entails being able to be versatile and yeah flexible towards yeah. what comes every day yeah and, <laughs> and hands-on it sounds as well yeah so what does you trust do that's so unique so Coming from the traditional payment space, so I worked at PayPal before, and then for many years I worked in e-commerce and, and tech. What Utrust is solving is basically all the problems that we see in the traditional payment space. So if you think about using a traditional payment platform, like PayPal, Stripe, like any of the traditional ones, but also like wiring your money, it's very costly, especially if you think about paying internationally across borders, for a merchant, that might mean losing like 10% of their revenue just on payment processing fees. Plus, it's very slow. Like if you're sending money like from the UK to someone in India, they might not be able to settle that in a week time. Mm -hmm. So it's costly. It, it's slow. Um, and you're not able to you know, grow your revenue. So what we do is we disintermediate basically all the traditional actors like, you know, banks and credit cards. Um, so the payment is done on chain, so mm -hmm. on the blockchain. And we enable anyone to pay like from anywhere to anywhere in the world instantly and cost effectively. So that's the big problem that we solve. And I think, you know, what I'm very passionate about is financial inclusion. Mm. Um, everyone talks about financial inclusion, but like if you look into traditional companies, are they actually solving for that problem? And today, you know, with blockchain and crypto, just with a device and internet connection, you can participate in the global trade. While, you know, we have 2 billion people that are excluded from banking and traditional systems. So we solve for a lot of things. Like I think we are unique in, in many ways, but mm. these are the ones that are more 
passionate about. Yeah, and I love I love that passion. It really shines through. I think what I'd love to explore a bit more is a bit about your previous career and what's got you here today. Because you mentioned eBay, PayPal, there's also Vodafone. And I think that it's brilliant to see that you identified problems that you're now solving. So tell us a bit more about this previous career. Yeah, so when I graduated many years ago and like through university as well, I didn't even know like I could become an entrepreneur or I could like join a startup because at the time that was considered, you know, something bizarre to do. So, you know, when I started my career, I thought my path should be scaling the corporate ladder and like I should get a job in one of the best companies Mm -hmm. and like that at the time it was Vodafone so I did their graduate program um, in Italy and I thought yeah I'm gonna scale the corporate ladder and it's very stable like my path I'm gonna become director and then VP and then this and that and then throughout the years and I stayed for like almost 10 years in the corporate world Mm -hmm. But there was always something more that I wanted like to to achieve. And it was only when I went to PayPal that I saw the payment side of things. And I was like, oh, there's something wrong about this system. Like, and I, I don't feel even comfortable selling this solution. Like it's costly, you know, it's not aligned with what I want. So I thought like everyone is talking about blockchain. Let's research, you know, how we can apply blockchain in payments. Mm. So long story short, it was very early in 2017-18 for PayPal Europe to do that. So to adopt blockchain, to start, you know, looking into blockchain in Europe. And basically in my research, I found some white papers of companies that were exploring this topic. So there was only a white paper, no product, no MVP written about, you know, what Utrust was trying to solve. So I wrote to the original founder and we met and we decided that, you know, I would join as co-founder of the company. So I was like, I want to be part of this. I want to help you solve. That's fantastic. Um, And he was like, yeah, come on board and like, let's do it together. (laughs) Yeah, what an inspiring story. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm sure there'll be people out there right now in the corporate world that will be identifying problems and having similar feelings of why can't we bring this together to create a solution? And look, you are a story of, well, why not? Like you went and did it. You are all about exploring this sort of full potential for yourself, but full potential for others. And there are no barriers. It's about getting over those barriers and challenging and challenges. So tell us about your thoughts on exploring your full potential. Cool. So I've been in the self-development coaching space for many, many years. And actually, like the first money that I earned in my career when I was really young I spent it on a coach because I was like you know I'm surrounded with great people but I don't see anyone that I can really identify and aspire so let's find a coach to help me you know guide Mm -hmm. me through that and with coaching I become to you know find mentors and find people that are really inspiring for me and you know building that network and then I moved to London, like after a few years in an environment that was more international, more, you know, challenging and stimulating for me. But I think, you know, exploring your full potential must be done with some help and support because sometimes you might not have that help and support in your family or like in your immediate circle. So mm. it's very important to find some support, like mentors, coaches, people that can guide you and that can help you unlock your true potential and also one of the greatest things that I learned is as human beings we have this tendency to like oh I must fix this and that like this is wrong with me and like I need to overcome this and I need to learn this when actually it's about 
I already have like so many great things about me and strengths. How can I use those like to unlock my full potential? So mm. it's like leading with my strengths and not focusing on my weaknesses. Mm. Yeah. I think that's incredibly powerful because it's so easy to focus on the weaknesses. And sometimes in society, it's almost geared up to look at those weaknesses, what isn't good enough rather than what is and what can we build yeah. upon. And, and actually happiness around that engagement piece of what are your strengths. So I, I love that point yeah. of view. Now, we've discussed a bit around your passion for authentic financial inclusion, not just the financial inclusion that everyone says that they're involved in. And, yeah. you know, that, that authenticity comes through with money mindset, raising awareness, education, financial education education and getting that out to people and you know these are all key to equality and equality beyond just the workplace but in society and actually in societies that aren't here with us right now in yeah. in countries that we're in but beyond that so can you share some of your experience and insight yeah so i mean it's crazy to think i had one of the best educations that you can have in europe because i was fortunate enough to get a scholarship and like have a support system like to support me through my education and even with that no one actually teached me about managing my money mm -hmm. so you know I learned about economics and macro and all of these great things but no one teaches you how to manage money and money mindset if you mm -hmm. don't have like parents that are maybe advanced and like are passing that on you so I had to figure everything like by myself. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that we need to solve for is how can we teach new generations and our kids about money mindset first and about all of these tools since they're very young. So I'm in crypto and like many of my friends, you know, in crypto that had kids, they basically created like a small fund with crypto, like when the baby was born. And I think like, oh, oh that's, that. that's amazing because, you know, the baby will be very young and they will already learn like what that is and how to save and how to invest. And I think we really need to pass it like in schools and into our educational system to give people the tools. Mm -hmm. So it's not actually about learning economics and business. That's great. But why don't we teach people to take care of their money, mm -hmm. <laughs> like how to invest and where to invest? So for me, it was really like my own journey. I'm very much into Tony Robbins' world. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. has many seminars and teaches about money mindset first and then actually where to invest, how to invest, how to create different buckets of investments. But it was really a personal journey. Mm -hmm. And if someone teach me before, like I would have started maybe 10 years before that. So mm -hmm. I think it's really something that we need to solve in our educational system mm -hmm. and then as parents to pass to our kids as well yeah and anyone listening to this now can can actually go out and start solving it for themselves right now i hope this is the yeah. sort of penny drop moment now my last question is always around how can we bring inclusion into the workplace but actually i'd like you just to tell us a bit about you trust because before we started recording you were talking about the balance and the diversity and the remote first and it sounds yeah. like you really are walking the talk for an inclusive workplace. I'd be lovely to hear a bit more about that. Oh, yeah. So before COVID, we were kind of like predominantly Portuguese tied to the office, not necessarily going every day, but like very much focused on physical presence. And when COVID hit, that was coinciding with me becoming CEO, by the way, of the company. Yeah. So like not the greatest time to start. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, what that brought is significant positive change because we can't we became remote only 
We had to put all of our processes online and we really grew in a way that now we are remote only, but international. So we have people working in Africa, we have people working in Turkey. So as long as it's on a similar time zone, it doesn't matter for us. Your background doesn't matter for us. And basically in the candidate pipeline, we make sure that we have like an equal or similar number of female and male. So that at least, you know, when they come to the pipeline, I have a similar number of people to interview and choose from. But I'm not a real believer in like, you need to have this amount of women, this amount of men. I really think it should be the right candidate. Mm -hmm. So we should not hire someone just because he or she is a man or a woman or like any type of difference. I really think what we need to do is make sure that an equal number of male and female reach the, (laughs) the the interview so that they can have um, the same opportunities. And I think what is kind of still broken in our system is that if you look at these fintech companies, they're mostly driven by by men. And so what men tend to do is like hire by association. So it's easier to hire a man, a white man, similar to me, like similar to my thinking. So I think we need to educate as well leaders and founders and, you know, see levels about the importance of diverse team. Because it's really proven by now that diverse teams are more creative and they bring more results and the environment is better. So we need to educate them that this is something that you need to do, not that just to flag a number like I have these women. It's just, it's great for your company. It's going to bring you results and people are going to enjoy to work in a diverse environment. Mm. And it is great for your company. It does bring results. And you're absolutely right. People enjoy that diversity of thought. They enjoy that diversity of experience. So it's been absolutely brilliant listening to you, learning about your experience, your career, how you've built Utrust. And I'm super excited to see what happens next. So thank you for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast. Thank you for having me.